Hello and welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Vision. This is your host, Greg Nielsen, President and CEO of Nielsen Training and Consulting, where we work with nonprofit organizations all across the country to translate your vision into reality. Welcome back to another podcast episode here in 2023. We're in the early going of, of our year in 2023 in January, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Terry Beckman for today's podcast episode. Terry is the founder and CEO of Heigl, and we're going to be talking today about a topic that is extremely relevant for all nonprofit leaders and certainly for board members to be aware of as well, which is how do we get off of the recruiting merry-go-round? How do we get away from constantly having to hire new employees, but how do we move to a healthier place where we're attracting employees who connect with our mission, and then we're investing in developing and retaining those employees for the long term? Terry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Greg. It's great to be here. Terry, I would love for you to just take a minute or two and just uh, share with our listeners a little bit about your background, your company, and, and maybe a little bit about how you came to this work. Yeah, sure. Um, I've worked in the nonprofit sector for, you know, close to over 30 years, I would say, in some shape or form. Um, we formed this company, actually, this will be our 10th year. I can hardly believe it. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, and it, it really it was an inspiration for me to give back to the sector after having spent most of my career in it. Um, and, uh, I, I, our work is really a combination of, um, helping folks with business strategy, but also leadership and, and development of their capacity really to lead. And in my career, I always found that the, the technical part of doing my job, which I, I worked a lot in housing and community development. Um, that was never the problem. Even though the field was highly technical, there were so many resources for that. Um, but, you know, what, what I found was where I could, when I could get help with actually developing my mind and expanding my mind, um, then I could lead better. Then I could take organizations to the next level. Um, and so I wanted to build a consulting firm that could really help people do that in in a holistic way and so that was the that was the seed of high goal which is a is um, an acronym for high impact growth oriented leaders Terry I'm a I'm a big proponent of not preaching to the choir on the podcast here um, and it's safe to say that all of our nonprofit leaders who are listening understand that it is a very challenging landscape right now employment wise I'm interested, though, just from your perspective, your experience as someone who is in this space deeply, just maybe set the scene for us of what do you see nationally relative to hiring, relative to the, the talent landscape? Yeah, that's a great question, Greg. Um, this is a, it's such an unusual time in the economy, right? Uh, it's just it's just like we've never been in a place quite like this before. One thing, though, that has been very consistent um, for now, actually, many years, although we had a little COVID blip there, but uh, there are way more jobs than there are people in our economy. Um, and this is continuing. Like you can see this month to month. It happened last month. I think there were 4 million new jobs um, across the United States. And 
Um, a lot of growth in the professional services industry, which often, you know, includes most of the nonprofit jobs. Um, and so we're in a very, very competitive landscape for nonprofit organizations. There really just aren't enough bodies to fill the positions that are open. Um, and so I think that the question becomes, you know, how do you get ahead of the pack? Um, how, how do you employ your resources in the best possible way? How do you really maximize what you have to, as you say, um, attract, uh, recruit, retain, and develop the people that you really need to be able to meet your mission in, in this kind of an environment? So let's dive right into that, Terry. If I'm a nonprofit leader listening to the podcast today, uh, I, I'm attracted to the title of today's podcast episode, which is how do I get off of that that merry-go-round of recruiting, mm -hmm. hiring, and, and constantly getting off, getting on and off of that merry-go-round? Talk, talk us through or walk us through what are some of the steps that are critical for nonprofit leaders to be thinking of along the way? Well, I, you know, I think that is a really great, that's a really great question, Greg. Um, one thing I'd like to preface it with, if, if I can, um, is really what the cost is to turnover, right? Um, in, in the nonprofit, well, in, in, in the professional sector, right? Which includes nonprofit organizations. So, because I, it's, I think it's sometimes we don't realize actually the cost of, of turnover, the cost of losing folks. And then it just shows up honestly in the bottom line, right? Before we know it. So the cost of an entry level, um, employee, typically, um, the cost of losing somebody and then having to go out, hire, find the right person, retrain them, get them onboarded completely up to speed, um, is, is estimated by professionals to be 30 to 50% of their annual salary. So let's say you have an entry-level position that I'm just going to pick a number is $35,000, and it's going to cost you $14,000 every time that position turns over. For a mid-level employee, it's 150% of their annual salary. So let's say you have a $60,000 position, and I know salaries are going to vary across the country, but these are just examples. For a $60,000 position, every time that turns over, it will cost you $87,896 on average. And wow. then for high, higher level positions, right, for your C-suite positions, especially your executive director or your CEO, it, it's much more expensive. It, it's estimated to be 400% of their annual salary. So if you have a $100,000 position, and often it could be more than that, right? Um, that's going to cost the organization $400,000. And this is in part um, has to do also with, you know, it's the actual expenses out the door, right? Of having to retrain um, just the, the, um, the expenses of hiring folks, if you hire, especially for higher positions, if you're hiring a search firm, but it's also the opportunity cost for the organization, right? And especially at higher level positions, if an executive director um, is out for any period of time, there's gonna be very um, significant opportunity costs for the organization, just 
funders are like, oh, they don't have a permanent person in place. You know, you just in the whole, the board and the team are much more hesitant to take action on opportunities because there's not, you know, there's a lack of a stable management structure when really the the, the executive director or the CEO is missing. Um, and the other, the other cost is related to um, all of the work that falls on other people, right? And then, you know, you, you have a morale problem and um, you can end up having to pay, you know, someone to do that extra work, or you can experience, you start to experience leakage in those other positions where people become less productive over time because they basically have too much on their plate and they're starting to burn out. So people smarter than me have accounted for all those things in, in actually coming up with realistic parameters around what is it really, what does it really cost for turnover? And, you know, for your, for your folks who are experiencing a lot of turnover, I'm sure on a gut level, you're feeling this, right? This is a very expensive problem that, um, it, it really, um, it's so worth investing in actually fixing this problem. I'm so glad you mentioned the 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 opportunity cost that's associated with this, as well as the impact on the culture and morale of the organization. As striking as the numbers are, the dollar amount, the dollar figure of how expensive it is to turn over a position, what we don't talk often enough about is what is the impact on everybody else? In terms of, as you said, workload that just gets put on someone else's shoulders because it simply can't be ignored or or dropped. Um, and then also, what is the impact long term on the culture of the organization? Do we become known as an organization that it is hard to stay with, or that is transient in some way, or that is, um, you know, we're not a we're not a cohesive team. It's much harder to be a cohesive team when there's that much turnover to key positions in the organization. So it, let's make the Absolutely. let's make the pivot then and talk about how do we get off that? If we want to invest yeah. in getting off that merry-go-round, what are some of the structures? What are some of the things that we need to think through? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and we can we can talk about this um, from kind of uh, somebody's leaving tomorrow and what the heck do I do mm-hmm. perspective, right? And we can talk about it also from a longer term perspective. Like what are the things you want to put in place long term, longer term that will, you know, stem the merry-go-round, help get you off that merry-go-round more permanently. Um, but maybe we should start with shorter term just sure. because you, you may have people because of the title that are like, uh, like help, what should <laughs> I do? That's right. That's right. Right. So you, you get, you get the notice and there's different ways that people quit as well. Right. So sometimes people will just not show back up for work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had clients where the laptop was left on the executive director's uh, car. <laughs> oh, oh, my. <laughs> and they took off. Right. Like that that was their exit. Um, so you can have people leave very quickly. You can also have people give notice, which is nice if you can at least get a little bit of notice. And then um, there's a term, Terry, called quiet quitting. Are you? Tell, yes. tell me a little bit about tell me a little bit about that one. I, yeah, I hear that a lot. That is an interesting phenomenon on TikTok, right? People <laughs> talking about quiet quitting. Yeah, I think that's you know that's a form of employee disengagement, right? Yeah. Where they're kind of like, eh, I'm over this, 
and these people don't know what they're doing. So I'm just going to do the minimum to be able to get by and let's just see what happens. See how long I can keep collecting this paycheck. And I think uh, in all of these, really, in all of these cases, these are really symptoms of an issue. They're not the issue itself, right? None of us are going into our organizations and saying, I need to fix quiet quitting, or I need to fix people giving a letter of resignation. Really, it's we're trying to understand what are the conditions that are giving rise to turnover within our organization? What's underlying those issues? So from a short-term perspective, as you mentioned, someone, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Someone does turn in their notice, which is respectful and, and helpful for us as leaders. What are some of the, th- some of the things that you recommend immediately? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think it depends a little bit on I would say the conditions of their quitting as well, right? So some people, sometimes quitting is not a bad thing. Right. Sometimes people need to go. Um, and of course, you you know, you're going to know, right? You're, you're, hopefully you're tracking this or, you know, your manager is tracking this and you know where this is falling. Um, for people who need to go um, and where there could be some potential for sabotage, of different kinds, um, you know, it's important to get control of the organization's assets quickly, right? It, especially if someone's leaving that needs to leave. Um, sometimes folks have given notice and it really is best if they leave quickly. Um, and that can be, um, you know, that can be negotiated where um, maybe they've given you two weeks notice, but no, actually we need you to not come back. Um, and I, I, I really recommend that everybody have a good employment attorney, um, in your hip pocket, somebody that you've got an ongoing relationship with, that you can pick up the phone. And in a situation like that, you want to be talking to an employment attorney so that you get an agreement with this person. Hey, we'll pay you for the next month, but you know, we, want you to not speak badly about the organization and um we want we're going to change your passwords you're not going to have access to these things after the next day um and just you know a way that you um can handle it with respect for the person but also wanting to um respect you know and protect the assets of the organization if someone is leaving and they're not happy about it. So for um, short-term departures, obviously we want all of our leaders to understand, make sure you're talking to important resources at the board level, if necessary. Make mm-hmm. sure you're protecting the assets of the organization. Make sure you're also treating the person who is departing the organization with with dignity as well. Absolutely. Right? You know, these, are, these are difficult days, difficult situations for both sides. Um, yes. And it's important to make sure that 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 gets um, handled in a way that's consistent with your own personal and professional values and the values of the organization as well, because guess what? Other staff members are probably watching as well and oh, seeing absolutely. how is this going down? How is this being handled? There's some disruption to my ecosystem, my my happy place in the organization. I want to yeah. see how my leader of the organization and how the institution itself is handling this. Yeah, really good point. And I, that leads really well to um, a potential next step, which is 
to um, be upfront with the team, right? Be upfront with the staff that this person is leaving and really um, take the time to intentionally figure out how their work is going to get done now. You know, so maybe you do have two weeks notice, maybe they're leaving on good terms, but two weeks goes like that, as we all know. And so you're going to want to have a plan for, you know, what's most critical that absolutely has to happen um, while you're making the transition to replace them, if, it, assuming you you decide to replace them. So um, as you say, Gregory, I, I really, I, in, I encourage as much transparency around that as possible. Obviously, you can't talk about individual personnel decisions with the whole staff. Uh, and again, an attorney can counsel you on a, exactly what you can and can't talk about. But um, acknowledging that there is going to be a gap and how, you know, how can you work together as a team and you're part of the team to be able to cover that gap effectively so that you, your work, you know, and your mission work doesn't suffer. Um Let's look Another. at this. Go yeah, ahead. no, let's look at this from a little bit of a longer term perspective. So if I am a leader and I am I don't have the immediacy of someone having left the organization this morning, but I'm thinking I want to be an organization of choice. I want to be an organization that invests in our talent, that identifies talent, brings them in, equips them with the resources they need to be successful so that we keep them long term or as long as as yeah. possible. What are some of those kind of longer term or bigger picture structures, uh, infrastructure, investment pieces that I should be yeah. thinking about as a leader or yeah. as a as a board member who is who is charged with kind of the strategic direction of the organization? Right. Yeah. One tool that's a little bit of like a medium tool, I would say, are exit interviews. So if you have the opportunity to be able to talk to people before they're out the door to really understand why they're leaving, um, in a you know in a way that is you you can do that in a an environment that's safe for them, that you just can get some incredibly um, helpful information around that. If it's somebody that's reporting directly to you and it feels like there's tension in that relationship and they might not be so open in an exit interview. Have someone else do the exit interview. You could have a board member do the exit interview. Or um, if you've got a, an HR um, component to your organization, have those folks do exit interviews on a regular basis. This is just going to give you really good data around what's what's going on in, in this you know, cycle of folks leaving. Um, once somebody, though, leaves, I think the other thing that I see happening a lot is like, there's panic, right? Which is understandable because there is this big hole. And, and I am I am moving into the longer term here. Yeah. Um, I would say don't panic. You know, take a deep breath, especially if you can kind of get your team on board to support you in the transition. Take the time to really evaluate the position. And, you know, is this position, do I need to rehire? Could Could this be done by a contractor? Or... You know, is there someone else in the organization that could pick up part of this? Or does this need to be moved to a different part of the org chart? Um, that plays into really taking a deep dive into the job description. Most of the time I find job descriptions are not up to date. You know, if someone's been in the position for any period of time, 
you know, certainly more than a year, they these jobs evolve, and it's, you know, especially in our sector, right, where we're doing lots of things together, lots of we're wearing lots of hats. So really being thoughtful about the job description and is it accurate, you know, and 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 taking the time to update that. Just don't throw the old one, you know, kind of at Indeed and hope for the best, right? <laughs> um, the other thing. I really look at openings as marketing, little marketing projects, right? Like you're, it's an opportunity to market your organization. That's really what you're doing. Um, And um, so I I love to see job descriptions that start with the vision and mission of the organization and think about the impact that job has in meeting the mission. So there's a sentence or two after that that describes that essentially. How is this position meeting this bigger vision and mission? What's how how do you how do you see this position contributing to that? Right? Because that's what you're really looking for. You're looking for somebody who that, that's committed to your mission and vision and and wants to see how they're a part of it, right? I think you're absolutely right. I think people crave that level of connectedness, especially in our sector. Um, and it's what is the purpose? What is the purpose of this organization? What is the purpose of this role or position that I'm applying for? And how do those two work in conjunction with one another? How if if I am phenomenally successful in this position, how does it advance something greater than myself, something, something larger than myself? Absolutely. And so longer term, you, you can also start to shape job descriptions more around outcomes. Most of the time, job descriptions are written like a to-do list, right? <laughs> yes. And then at the bottom, it's a very lengthy to-do list. A very lengthy to-do list sometimes. <laughs> a very lengthy to-do list. We really, you know, if, we're, if we want to, especially for hiring people that we want, to contribute to the strategic direction of the organization that we want that can be independent thinkers and really that don't have to be micromanaged, right? That's, you know, often case the ideal, then we don't want to give them a to-do list because it really implies, in a sense, micromanagement, right? Like we want them to be working towards outcomes and giving them the flexibility and the wherewithal to think creatively about how do I get to that outcome given my own makeup, my own experience, my own strengths, you know, the way I'm wired, uh, that, you know, that kind of a situation can be, you know, that's how you start to get really buy-in and commitment from employees to stay the long haul, right? Because then they, they have an opportunity then to grow professionally, to be creative, to, to contribute in new ways that, I, quite frankly, you might not even be able to imagine. One of the things that I encourage leaders to to do is to separate in their own mind talent investment from benefits of the position. Benefits of the position are, does this come with health insurance? Is there a retirement plan? How many right. days off do I get per year? That's very different than, is this organization investing in this position? Do I have all of the resources internally on a day-to-day basis? externally in terms of professional development, coaching, um, 
additional training to grow in the position. I think those are two separate things. And sometimes we make the mistake of putting it into into one pot as these are the benefits of the position. This is why we are, you know, why we're hiring, why you should stay. Really, it's two different things. Are we investing in you specifically, you as a person with an individualized, personalized approach to your development? That's different than just the benefits that we provide for for working for us as a company. Oh, that's such a good point, Gregory. Such a good point because, you know, we don't want somebody to treat the situation like an ATM, right? This is not a transaction um, where you're pushing certain buttons and then you get paid this twice a week, twice a month or whatever. Right. Um, And if we write a job description like it's a transaction, we're going to attract people who think it's a transaction, (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's just a job. I'm just collecting right. my paycheck. You know, we you you really attract what you put out, I think. And of course, benefits are important. We'll never say they're not. And salary is important. We need to pay people. We need to pay people the value of what they're bringing to the organization, right? Um, so those things are important considerations. But survey after survey after survey shows that's not why people stay in the end. It's really not, you know, and especially, and this is true across the, across jobs, across the private sector, but I would say, especially in the nonprofit sector, people are looking for, they're looking to make a difference, right? With their time in their lives. Like we spend so much time at work, you know, we, we want to look back and think, wow, I did, I made a difference. And sometimes investing in talent and developing talent is and, and keeping folks for the long term requires a little bit more time on the front end, right? Uh, Maybe it's it, it not does. a one size fits all approach when it comes to professional development, but how well do I understand my individual employees, my individual teammates? How well do I understand what they need and value individually to be put in the best position to be successful? If I'm a board member listening to this podcast, am I getting that information from my executive director? Am I asking, do I understand as a board member, what does our team, our staff team really value and need the most when it comes to resources for talent investment? investment, attraction, and retention. Those are those are more nuanced conversations than just let's put together a benefits package for the entire staff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those are really great questions for board members to ask, right? Um, you know, I, executive directors and CEOs, they really have, you know, I think the, the, the greatest opportunity and the toughest job, right, in the organization. So Very you, true. You know, as a board member, you can really help your executive director or CEO by asking those kinds of questions, right? Because they've got the to-do list that's a mile long. Now, all of a sudden, a couple of people are leaving. Of course, you can understand like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So I think as a board member, you can help help them step back and, right. and look at the bigger picture of what is it that we're really trying to develop here, you know? And what's the what's the culture that is needed in the organization to be able to meet the mission. I think that's, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. Um, That's culture is really important to pay attention to. Um, And there's lots of things that go into culture and spending some time really getting clear about 
what are your organizational values and how do you live into them? What are the behaviors that demonstrate those values is, is really valuable time spent. Um, and, and this, what we're talking about can really be made into then an orientation and onboarding process, right? Like that, that really reflects all of that. So, you know, that's sort of the next step. Um, once you have the good job description and then you want to write the, the really good marketing language, right? Around putting that job, just, you know, that job out into the marketplace. You know, we could also talk about the hiring process itself and how you vet folks. But once you've got them on board and you're just starting then, like, right. that's actually just the beginning. It's an ongoing relationship. It really is. Yeah. And and so the, the onboarding and orientation is incredibly important. That is such an incredible, you know, special, precious time where you have the chance before they're overwhelmed with stuff to do for them to start to understand what it means to be part of this culture and to, to move in, in, in a positive direction, right. In terms of expectations and, and attitudes and um, being inspired to, to, to live up to being their best selves when they come to work. Terry, you've given us a lot to think about today. uh, And I really appreciate you taking the time to share your insights, your wisdom with our listeners. For those who would like to get a little bit more information or would want to connect with you directly, how can folks best reach out to you? Yeah, well, uh, I would suggest go to our website. It's highgoal.co, so H-I-G-O-L dot C-O, no com. Um, and there's a lot of resources there um, for larger organizations with revenues over five million dollars. We are um, offer a series of quarterly um, executive forums that touch on many of these topics and just provide ongoing support to senior level staff. Um, we've got a whole bunch of really great free resources. Um, if you go under our resource tab and ebooks. Um, and that'll also get you onto our, our mailing list where every month or so we'll, we'll send out a resource that um, many leaders are finding helpful. Thank you, Terry. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. For those who are listening to the podcast, you can always reach out to me directly on our website at www.nielsenconsults.com or connect with me directly on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. I hope everybody out there stay safe, stay well, and we will be back soon with another episode.